takes in football. This is what the Baltimore Sports Report does. I'm TK, joined by Andrew Holly. Holly, we made it. It is week one of the 2021 NFL season. We're here Monday night, September 6th, Labor Day. Happy Labor Day to everybody. Holly, how we doing, man? Tell you what, it's a nice Labor Day here in in the Baltimore area. It has been absolutely gorgeous today. The nice beginning, as you said, to to week one, baby. It's it's finally upon us. The Ravens are back. Um, it's 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 an exciting time now. A little bit of sad news, though. I will say, for any of the uh, uh, Baltimore fans of the Wire, or just really fans of the Wire. Uh, Michael K. Yeah. Williams passed away, um, sadly. Um, yeah. So, so big ups to him. I mean, just yeah. I, I mean, uh, I guess I guess we need to tell tell everybody in heaven, Omar Khan. Um, Omar Khan. Uh, yeah, but sad sad news, uh, Baltimore related there. But but outside of that, let's get kick it back to football, and uh, you know actually. Some other somewhat sad news, I guess you could say, for for a certain player on the Ravens. Some, some news came out uh, about an injury for another one of our running backs today. How about it, TK? Yeah, yeah, kind of an un- unfortunate turn of events there. Uh, Justice Hill goes down with an Achilles tear, so he's going to be out for the year, and kind of throws the running back depth into question as we are quickly approaching the first game of the year. So uh, I think that's a good place to start our episode here. You know, we haven't talked since the 53-man cutdown. So we'll do that. We'll go through uh, the Ravens' regular season game by game, give a win-loss prediction, and then we'll go in-depth into week one Monday night football in Las Vegas against the Raiders. We'll give a prediction there, and we'll see how it goes. So. Um, 53 man, you know, I sent you a prediction Sunday night, uh, before 53 man was officially announced and I was 52 out of 53, which I was pretty, Killing it, my, baby. Killing my it. one miss, my one miss was Pernell McPhee. And that was because I forgot Justin Houston's on the team. So I didn't have him on my 53 man <laughs> list, but I did have Pernell McPhee. Uh, so yeah, kind of a bad miss there, I think. But 52 out of 53, I think, pretty decent. Uh, I think that's the best I've ever done. So uh, that was cool. Um, but that's it, too. I mean, you think about it, and it, Pernell McPhee, I mean, look, obviously you, you weren't thinking about Justin Houston on the roster. But it, it, the, the way the Ravens worked the whole, you know, cutting some of these vested veterans and getting them back, and all that stuff in one roster, they probably do that as well as any team in the league. So sometimes those maneuvers, you can't fault anyone for not necessarily predicting that properly. I mean, the fact that we cut Anthony Ian and now still have him on the practice squad and all that, like, that's just crazy to me that we're still able to do that. I guess it's still the code I didn't realize. But, I mean, it's just, you got to give, all the uh, props in the world to our front office yet again for all the things they're always able to to work out. Yeah, and, and it doesn't seem all that common, 
around the rest of the league. Like, you know, a lot of guys, you know, come back onto practice squads and things like that. But the frequency with which the Ravens pull it off, like you said, with like quality players like Pernell McPhee that other teams would love to have. Um, but yeah, like, how no, I'm good. Anthony Levine never gotten picked up by the Patriots. <laughs> right. I have no idea. I mean, honestly, I, have no clue. I know he's co-cap and he's, you know, the Raven, whatever. I mean, he's a Raven. But he's a damn good special teams player. I mean, even now, mm-hmm. how did how did someone not go, hey, we could go sign this guy. And now, obviously, he knows he knows at this point what he's getting out of the Ravens than anybody else in the league. So it probably mm-hmm. behooves him in some respects to stay. But yes. I mean, the fact we're still able to able to do that. Even Jordan Richards, right? Isn't 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 he on our practice squad still? He is. He is. Yep. So I mean, those are two major special teams um, guys that we could pull up now from the practice squad. I mean, that's really pretty fantastic depth for us to have going into the season with some of these young players on special teams. Hey, if if we if we start the season poorly on special teams and it's not going to work. Hey, we've got two pretty massive um, aces in the hole that we could bring in to improve our special teams pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And and also we were able to add Josh Bynes um, to our yeah, practice squad as well. One. His third third time around with the Ravens, he's always been a solid player. Whether it's you know starting at, at middle linebacker, getting some veteran depth there, or on special teams as well. I mean, he's the guy that made the tackle to end the Super Bowl win. Um, you know, so he's he's been involved in some big moments in Ravens history, too. So, I mean, I, I, maybe like one of the best practice squads I've ever seen, to be honest. Like, I mean, yeah, I thought it was huge to get a guy like Benjamin Victor back because you know, I with can't the size and the speed. It. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was a major win. Uh, getting Jake Verity back, I think, also yeah. was kind of surprising. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, very talented practice squad. It's, it's great to see that, you know, just the, like the depth of talent that, that the Ravens are able to bring in. Um, you know, a, a couple of moves that maybe uh, people were a little bit upset about and and uh, maybe draw some some rightful criticism to the front office were the trades of Sean Wade and cutting Ben Mason, two rookies. And, and I guess it caught me by surprise a little bit because um, it's a shift from the Ravens pattern of, almost never cutting draft picks in the rookie year. And then it's two of them uh, at the end of this draft that, that got moved. Um, how do you feel about those? Do you think that, you know, it, it constitutes any uh, criticism of DaCosta in the front office for taking those guys? I mean, you know, especially the Mason pick, I think was fairly highly criticized even, even when it was made because there were some tackle prospects that were still on the board. I mean, how did, how did you feel about those two moves and, and, uh, and, and losing those two rookies. Yeah, I, you know, the, the Sean Wade thing doesn't bother me as much. I think Sean Wade has more to do with the development of some of our other younger defensive backs, whether that be somebody like um, Chris Westry, who really seemed to pop all training camp or, or Darius Washington at the safety position, and then they started thinking, okay, where where is he going to fit? And we do have Tavon Young back, and you know it starts to get pretty crowded in that defensive backfield. So I'm okay with that move because hey, we got another. We kind of got the pick back. 
some respects, mm-hmm. you know, for Sean Wade. So I don't, I don't worry about that. And quite frankly, not that I, I can say I watched a ton of tape, but he did also didn't jump out. I know he made that one interception, but he still looked a little lost for me at times. It, that doesn't mean a whole lot. I'll be honest with you because my eyes for defensive backs isn't, isn't like amazing, but he didn't, I don't know. It, it just didn't bother me as much. Now, Ben Mason's another story, mainly because you just have to question why we took a fullback when we did. I mean, I loved him. I would have loved to have gotten Tommy Tremble when we did, you know, in, in the draft. Um, I Ben Mason was a nice backup for me in that sense. But we had, you know, unless we were going to keep Ben Mason, why do we draft him at all? I mean, unless there was that plan, unless we were saying, okay, well, this is the guy that's going to be, you know, we're going to have to keep him. He's going to play special teams for a year, back up Ricard, and then we're going to let Ricard go as a free agent. You know, that seemed pretty, okay, if that's the plan, then that kind of makes sense. You know, but then to see him get cut and then get claimed by the Patriots, I don't. I don't get it. That's that's probably look. If that's the worst move that our front office makes, I'm not going to be that upset about it. But that said, it's still disappointing, you know, to see that kind of a a move backfire in some respects. I don't know if backfire is truly that might be a bit of hyperbole there, but still, you know, the fact that it 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 didn't work out. So the way that I saw those two picks, I I was actually when they were made, I was pretty happy uh, with both of those picks, to be honest, Um, with Wade, you know. I mean, I saw the value in him at the time. I mean, I I had no problem. We saw the value as like slot. Right. As like a slot pick. um, I'm sorry, a slot corner with the pick, um, you know, that could develop and, you know, potentially get pressed into action if, if. you know, like it sucks to say, but like Tavon Young get got hurt yes. a lot and he's missed a lot of games. And, you know, you can say like, yeah, those were freak injuries. It's not going to happen again. But like it's very possible that he misses time. It's very possible that Jimmy Smith misses time. So having another corner there to develop and eventually take over that slot role, you know, made sense. Like that was a, that was a value weighted decision in my mind. It was similar with Mason, um, despite the guys that were on the rest of the on the rest of the draft board. And I think that's where people have the biggest issue is that there were so many other guys at positions of perceived needs, such as like a developmental tackle and things like that. that were still on the board and have performed well so far in in training camp that, um, you know, it could have been on the Ravens. But the Mason pick made sense to me because of our style, first of all, and. Pat Ricard's on the last year of his deal. He had a surgery in the in the offseason. I guess like there was it was up to uh, consideration if like Ricard was going to be 100 percent to start training camp and all that kind of stuff. So why not have another experience uh, or, or another guy that's played fullback before at a high level come in and, and compete in training camp? And there's not that many other teams that use fullbacks. So. If we bring this guy in and we cut him, like there's not that many teams that are going to go after him and maybe we'll be able to bring him back. So I kind of get it. Like, I guess 
it's okay to criticize the front office if you didn't like the picks. You know, from my perspective, they were risk weighted decisions and, you know, end up getting the picks back anyway. So sure. Yeah, it sucks that like we didn't get to keep those guys and we didn't get to keep guys that would be on the 2021 Ravens. But, you know, I think with the information that they had at the time, the decisions were fine. It it just happened to not work out. Yeah, I think it comes down. I don't think it comes down to in the end, did we draft the right people? Because you're always going to hear from the Ravens. We took the best player on the board. You know, whether that's always the case is always going to be up for debate. So you can't you can't fault them if those players were the best players at the time they picked. Hey, you pick them and then you see where the cards fall, you know, after training camp. So it didn't work out. Usually we don't see two of our picks like that not work out, especially, you know, in the fifth round. But that said, we also see guys in the sixth and seventh round get cut all the time. And in a lot of sense, that's what Sean Wade and Ben Mason were for us because we Mm -hmm. didn't have late picks. So, you know, you can't, you can't fault them too much. If, if we trade all of our late picks for earlier picks, well, at some point you're not going to be able, you're, you are going to end up cutting some of the, the, you know, higher round picks because they're the ones that are going to be at the end of your roster. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, I don't know if that makes sense, but, but anyway, um, you know, it's definitely something that, that people need to think about because, you know, it's, it, you can be, you can be annoyed, but I don't think you can, uh, it's just like Darren Waller, you know, it's like, yeah, it sucks that he's this probably the best tight end in the league and he plays for the Raiders and he never developed for the Raiders. That mm-hmm. sucks. Well, too bad. You know, Ben Mason may end up being a Pro Bowl fullback for the Patriots. I'd hate to say that, but it's all very possible. Um, and you know and Sean Wade that might happens. end up being good for yeah. the Patriots, too. Like, you know. Absolutely. So, so I mean, I guess it's anyway. it's fine to be upset, but, like, you like if you weren't upset when the picks were made, then you can't be upset now. Oh, like absolutely. If you were, if you know, like if you're if you're mad at the picks back when they were made, then yeah, sure. Like if you if you're the, the whole time you've been saying like these were the wrong guys to pick, fine. You have all right, that's cool. And then you you knew better than Eric DaCosta somehow. Yeah. But you know, t- yeah, to to have to go back into 2020 vision and and look back and say like yeah, that was a mistake. Like no, you can't do that because they were. They were going off the information that they had at the time. So whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all good. Uh, and I guess other guys that were cut that. Uh, let's see, I guess now that Justice Hill is hurt, you know, maybe that Nate McCrary losing him to the Broncos is a bigger deal than we thought. Um, Somewhat. Maybe not. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's definitely something we have to maybe think about. I mean. Look, that's that's a lot of Monday morning quarterbacking, mainly because we had no Mm -hmm. idea that, you know, Justice Hill was going to get hurt. And we certainly, you know, you're not going to put Nate McCrary on your active roster just to cut him in a minute because you're going to go claim another. You know what I mean? Like, if you're already getting Mm -hmm. ready to cut Justice Hill for somebody else, potentially, you know, like the Ravens had put in a claim for Royce Freeman of of the Broncos, now of the Panthers. So, obviously, Hill's you know, roster spot was probably tenuous at best. 
you know, I doubt that they're going to sit there and cut Hill, though, for McCrary before they find somebody else. You know what I mean? Like, I think mm-hmm. I think they're probably like, we might as well just make this one move instead of making it three moves or whatever the case might be. But anyway. Yeah, so I guess, I mean, did you, so the Ravens today, it was reported that they brought in Le'Veon Bell, Devontae Freeman, and Elijah Holyfield, Evander Holyfield, the boxer's son. He's a young running back out of Georgia. I think he was in the Eagles camp uh, this year, but was cut fairly early on. So those three guys get brought in. Um, Other guys that are available, we've heard Todd Gurley. Um, in the past, you know, we've we've dis- we've personally like you and I just discussed Adrian Peterson is out there. Um, are there any names that kind of stick out to you more than others in this situation of, of guys that could get brought in? I mean, not really. I mean, maybe a little bit Devontae Freeman, because he seems like at least he'd be maybe the youngest out of that group. But that strictly is me uh, off the top of my head. I have no idea. He might actually be the oldest. Who knows? He's, he's 29. P- Peterson's 29? 36. Okay. Uh, Freeman's 29. Le'Veon Bell Freeman. is also 29. Okay. So, you know, I, Peterson intrigues me in some respects only because he's Adrian Peterson. And I think he may have actually done a better job as a backup than than I think people thought. You know, if he's if he's going to be able to provide decent uh, pass protection and occasionally carry the rock, I'm I'm all for it. I mean, he might be. There's a chance he could be a, a really good influence in the clubhouse. I I really don't know that much about Adrian Peterson to be quite honest. Outside of how good he had been for the for the Vikings. Now, the guy I think is interesting too is Todd Gurley. Now, Todd Gurley is also interesting mainly because a the Ravens already met with him in the offseason. B, I think he and Justin Houston are, like, best friends and want to play with each other because they played with each other, I think, at Georgia. And then, mm-hmm. I, I mean, he's as good as any, you know, his, I feel like, well, he's about as good as anyone else out there, you know. So <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate Todd Gurley necessarily as a signing. But again, all of these guys, they're third down backs. I think it's pretty clear that, and and I was reading some updates from Jeff Zrebeck, um earlier today, and it seems pretty clear that, um, you know, Gus Edwards is the starter. Tyson Williams is going to be the backup because the team feels very strongly about his performance in the offseason and blah, blah, blah. So we're really only bringing in somebody right now to be that third, 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 uh, third running back. Not necessarily even a third down back. I mean, they could just be the, you know, that last man standing in the, you know, the victory formation. So it's important, certainly, but I think in a lot of respects whether you choose Le'Veon Bell, Devontae Freeman, Adrian Peterson, Todd Gurley, or whoever, you know, I think they're probably going to all do just about the, the the same. Yeah, so I've been looking at some of the younger names, some of, maybe like the practice squad, like other guys mm-hmm. on, on practice squads. Sure, um, and, who are, and who I are I all had, had a couple. Nate McCrary, right? 
Yeah, right. So I was trying to identify some of those. Um, and, and one of the names or a couple of names that stood out to me were Jalen Samuels. Um, he's on the Steelers practice squad. He was cut. Um, versatile guy may not have the same burst that he did overall or, or originally when he came into the league. But, you know, he was kind of like that third down back kind of f- for them, you know, able to catch the ball and and, and pass protect. Um, the Chiefs cut uh, Darwin Thompson. I don't know if you remember that name. Uh, he's a young guy who's he was cut um, and he's now on the Buccaneers practice squad. Um, you know, another third down back kind of guy. So, you know, I, I was kind of going that route uh, rather than the veterans. And I think mm-hmm. with such little time before the season, um, it makes me feel like they're going to go veteran just. So, like, you know, they kind of know what they're getting and, yeah. you know, maybe somebody who might be able to adjust a little bit quicker. So, yeah, I mean, for, for what you're saying, I think a, a guy like Adrian Peterson makes sense. Another guy uh, who's, who's interesting, maybe not interesting, but but just the name and, and the legend uh, is Frank Gore is still out there at 38 oh, years wow. old. And yeah, I, I don't true. think I don't think he's officially retired. So. I don't know. <laughs> I, mean, I, I really can't even tell what kind of fit he would be in the offense. But uh, he's a guy that, you know, you know, would be a monster in the locker room, whether or not that. Exactly. You know, I'm, right. I'm yeah. sure he would be tremendous, whether or not he would do anything for us on the field. is probably a question. But Frank Gore is pretty. I mean, man, what what a career you think for that man? I mean, what heart and soul? You know, having come in, you know, that question, such a massive question mark coming into the league about whether he was even going to be able to make the roster. And, right. wow. I mean, just, just amazing. Just amazing. Yeah, career. I mean, I think that would, be, that would be a really interesting fit. I mean, another Florida guy for, for Lamar and, and everything like yeah. that. So. Uh, that'd be cool. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I, I, like you said early on, the third, third. I feel like every hurricane has huge... to come and play for the Ravens at some point before they retire, right? Yeah, every good hurricane. Yeah, that's you true. Mhm. Every legendary one. Yep. Yeah. At some point. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just threw that one out there. Thirty-eight years old. Uh, I think he still wants to play based on what I just read, but is just looking for the right spot. You know, didn't didn't want to go through training camp, and I don't blame him at all for that. So, um, yeah. All so right. I have some so, breaking breaking news as we are recording this. The uh, Ravens right. have agreed to terms on a four-year, fifty-six million dollar extension with tight end Mark Andrews, according Let's to Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network. My guy. The Mandrews, Mando. So backed up by uh, Jeremy Fowler. So it's a new $56 million deal. It's $37.6 million in guaranteed money for 63% of the deal. He will be paid $26.6 million by March of 2022. So that is a Let's nice... That's Full awesome. Payday, well deserved by Mark Andrews. That is fantastic Absolutely. news for the Ravens. Fantastic. That's great news. Uh, that's great news for Lamar, getting his top target locked in, and hopefully that deal can get done soon too. That's awesome. That's great news for Mark Andrews. 
Man, that's big time. That's sick. All right. All right. That's very cool. Thank you for breaking that. I, I hadn't seen no it. Problem. No um, problem. No problem. I'm wow. glad I saw that's it. Awesome. I'm glad I saw it. Very big, cool. I got yeah, I gotta I gotta pull the jersey the out pod, of uh, I gotta pull I wish the... we could uh bring some reporters in for their news, but we're not quite at that level, folks. Soon. Don't worry. Soon we'll be able to do that. No. Soon enough we'll get Shefty dialing in. Absolutely. To let us Absolutely. know. But yeah, that was that's awesome. I gotta I gotta remember where I packed his jersey. I gotta pull it out for the season. Absolutely. Celebrate. But anyway, I mean I think, you know, it, okay. it remains to be seen what the Ravens end up doing for their their third running back spot. I mean, there are gonna be a lot of options. Should be interesting to see what they do. I agree with you. I think I think they're gonna go veteran at this point because they probably want to make sure they've got um, you know, people who know what they're doing. They're not going to need a ton of coaching up once they get to the team. Mm-hmm. And actually, it wouldn't even surprise me to see them sign two of those guys. When you think about the fact that the, the teams are able to put certain ra- certain veterans rather on the practice squad, who's to say they're not going to sign, you know, two of those veteran players and stash one of them a bit and just see who can play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is one one spot left on the practice squad as well, so you never know how it's going to go. But, man, great news for Andrews. I don't, I don't yeah, even care about absolutely. running back anymore. That's awesome. Yeah, at this point, That's it awesome. doesn't matter, really. It, it, it is what it is. Yeah. But to finish what we were saying. Yeah, so, absolutely. anyway, um, with that said, where do you want to go from here, TK? Let's move on. Let's get into our game-by-game predictions for the 2021 season. Then we will get into our week one deep dive and give a prediction for the Ravens' first game at the Las Vegas Raiders. So let's start with that game. Week one, Monday night football. The Ravens travel to Las Vegas. The first game in their new stadium, Monday night football. You got a win here, loss here. What do you think? This is tough, man. The first two, I'll be honest, the first two games are tough. I'm I'm going to go total homer for both of them. I mean, not that I'm not always all the time, but um, I'm going to say we start 2-0 and between those two teams. I think they're both going to be really Ooh. tough games. I, You know, the Raiders, it, it's not going to be an easy win, especially their, their opening with a crowd in Vegas. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's going to be pretty special. I, that, that's actually that one I actually worry about a little bit more than the Chiefs game um, for some reason, but I, I I don't know. I I still look at the fact that the last few seasons the Ravens have just come out that first game like gangbusters, and I have a feeling yep. that's going to happen again this time. So I I think we beat the Raiders. Yeah, I got a win at the Raiders, but I do have a loss against the Chiefs, and it's not a loss that I mind. So. Uh, no, not at all. Early not season, all. you know, yeah, start, the only start to figure out what's I'm wrong. I'm saying we win is because it's home. It's Monday night. You know, it's the Chiefs. Sunday all night, of that I think, thing, right? Or is it Sunday night? I'm sorry. But I think it, so. regardless, prime time. Yes, you're right. It is Sunday night. So my, my apologies. But the fact that it's prime time against the Chiefs. And let's face it, Sunday night football, to me at this point, is a bigger game than Monday night football. Nobody cares about Monday night football anymore, really. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I just feel like the way I'm sure I'll feel differently once we're at that game. But right now I feel, 
I feel kind of positive about it. Like the Ravens are going to come out with something to prove and, and they somehow come out with a win at home. Okay. All right, cool. So you're, you got us at two and oh, I got us at one and one. Week three at Dan Campbell, Jared Goff, and the Lions. Yeah, I think we can probably say that the Ravens beat the Lions. And I'm going to say they also beat the Broncos. What do you think about the following week? Yeah, I got a, I got a win against the Lions. I have a loss at the Broncos. Um, I think it's just hard to go west. And, you know, that's, I don't know. You know, playing in Denver is always tough. Broncos yeah, defense looks real solid. Teddy Bridgewater at the helm. I think it's going to be a tough game. I think the Ravens lose that one. So you got Interesting. three. Interesting. So I'm 4-0 I'm right now. I got two and um, two. I think the Ravens will lose one of the next two games, however. Um, I'm going to say we, lo- we beat the Colts, but we lose to the Chargers. So I've got us at five and one going into week seven i have a win against the colts and the chargers um i don't think we've played the chargers since that playoff game right no yeah um i think we'll beat the chargers at home and i think we'll beat yeah, the colts at why. home monday night i don't night. know why i feel that way you know what actually i'm gonna switch that i actually think that we are gonna beat the chargers because it's a one o'clock game at home for us versus, mm-hmm. um, you know, so they're coming east. I think we will lose to the Colts, however, at home. It's going to suck, um, but I think we will lose to the Colts. So we'll, okay. regardless of what, and maybe it ends up being the Chiefs that we lose to, but regardless, out of those games, I see us five and one. Uh, okay, you got five and one. I got, uh, and I got four and two, I think. Um Bengals at home, I think we'll both have a win here. Yeah, I think we can both. The Bengals are going to be pretty terrible. So, All right. Um, so you say 6-1. Six 6-1 so six going to the bye, you're 5-2. and two. Yep, bye week. And then right out of the bye week, we host the Vikings. What do you have here? I think we beat the Vikings, especially since it's yeah. at home. So I guess that's what, 6-1 and one for me? Yep, and I have no. Seven and no, one. six, seven and one. Thank you. Yep, and I have a win as well. It's six no, no, and two. No. It's it's six and one because we had the bye week, right? Bye week is week one. eight. Yeah. No, you're right. So seven oh, and man, one. We suck yeah. at this. So seven. We're, yeah. <laughs> no, no, you're right. I we should I should probably have a pen and paper in front of me, but I'm seven and one, um, against the Vikings, or after okay. the Vikings. And then a quick road trip. We go to Miami on Thursday night. I mean, we've got to beat the Dolphins, right? I mean, so we're eight and one. I think the I mean, Dolphins are going to be good. I don't think so. I believe in I Tua. Can't. They they're getting better every year. I think the Dolphins are going to be good. I, I have a loss in that game. Okay. Um, at, at Miami, and then we go to Chicago to play the Bears. I'm going to say we, we actually lose to the Bears. I know that's kind me of crazy. Too. Um, but uh, so what's that, 8-2 and two then for me? Yeah. And then. Right. Yeah. And then I think yeah. I have us at 7-3. and three. 
Um, yeah, at that point, I, I assume it's going to be Justin Fields, and yeah, it's going to be tough, and especially on the road and Chicago's defense. Exactly, I just think it's going to be one of those things where they're actually they're just playing well, and we maybe just you know get get a little surprised here and there, but I think we lose yep. to the Bears. Yep, uh, which sucks. Um, let's see, and then week twelve, we host the Browns Sunday Night Football. Mm. I, I mean, I gotta here. say we win. I gotta say we win at home. Um, yeah, on Sunday night football. So we're nine and two for me. Yep, and then eight and three on my side. Uh, and then we go to Pittsburgh, go to Cleveland, and then host the Packers. So at Pittsburgh. Hmm. I guess we lose. We lose at Pittsburgh. Um, yeah, that's what I think. So. So what is that? Nine and three for me. Yeah. Eight and four on my side. Then at Cleveland, week 14. I think we split with Cleveland. So that'll yeah, be me nine too. and four. Yep. Me too. And then, so then you're nine and four. That means eight and five for me, right? Yep. And then we host the Green Bay Packers. I have us losing this one. I think that's this is going to be right when Rodgers gets hot before the playoffs. Yeah, see, I I actually think this is when we get hot. So, because we're going to have two two tough weeks, two losses to the Steelers and to the Browns, two big division losses, and we need to come back strong after that. I think we mm, need the pass. That's a good point. So I'm okay. At, what is that? What does that put us here? That's week fifteen. So I'm at. Is that ten and? Is so you're 10, 10 and 5, and then yeah. I have a set 9 and 6. Or I'm 10 and 4, I think. No, I'm 10 and 5. No, wait. No, oh, my goodness yeah, gracious. Yeah, whatever. 10 and 5. Um, 6, 7. That can't be right. Wait a second. I'm trying to count what I have here. I, I do have written down, but I don't have it counted up. So through week 15 is how far we've gotten, right? Yeah, so I've got four, one. five, six, seven. So I have a, is that right? I have as a seven and seven through week 15. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so I, the Packers would put me at ten and four. Wow, and I have um, some seven and seven. Oh my god! <laughs> through, really? through fifteen, through week fifteen, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's week thirteen, fourteen, and fifteen is a little three week three game losing streak yeah. that I have. So I have the ten and four uh, at the Packers, eleven and four, twelve and four. Thirteen and four, so I guess. Yeah, I have I have us winning out after the yeah. Packers, so that goes at the Bengals, at the Rams, and hosting the Steelers. So I have our last six games of the season are a three game losing streak and a three game winning streak. Um, so then I think that puts my final count at ten and seven, and then you had us at thirteen and four. Yeah. So, so here's here's what I was thinking about as I was doing that. You know how we were doing our overreaction of the week last uh, yeah. last season? 
I realize that we're missing a golden opportunity to call that our crab take of the week because that's the name oh, of our podcast. Absolutely. Um, so my crab take of the week, or I guess of the season, is that this is a better team, like top to bottom, than last year's team, but it will have a worse record. Oh. Yeah. So I have I have the Ravens. I have the Ravens at ten and seven. I think. Okay. You know, talent-wise, you know, despite the losses of Dobbins and and Orlando Brown Jr. and guys like that, I think talent-wise, uh, it's a better team. But the schedule is really hard. I think overall, it is hard. You know, you know, this is a tough, tough one, and it's a tough way to end with you know, week 12, 13, 14, and eighteen against the Browns and the Steelers. I mean, that's a tough way to finish. It is tough. I think. The thing I keep looking at is just some of our tougher games were at home, you know, and I look mm-hmm. at, you know, the Packers yeah. were at home, you know, Chiefs home. Um, the Chiefs were at home. Obviously, the Chargers. the Browns and the and the Steelers, we have one game each at home. Colts at home. Chargers, as you said, at home. Vikings. We've got, I mean, that's a hell of a home schedule that we've mm-hmm. got. So I just. I just feel like we're going to defend our home turf. I know they're tough games. Which generally happens, yeah. But I feel like we win our home games regardless of who that is. So that's that's really been the tipping point for most of these games for me. I feel, because I'll be honest with you, I feel ridiculous saying, oh, the Ravens will be 13-4. and four. Oh, oh, here's Holly again giving this ridiculous, you know, scheduling prediction. But that said, I think last year I wasn't, that far off? No, you weren't. I think I think you predicted thirteen and three, and what do we go? No, you said twelve and four. I think we went eleven and five. Yeah. So um, I don't know. I just think you know. I mean, definitely the Packers is one you got to question. You know, the certainly the I, I definitely think we split with the Browns and the Steelers. I think that's legitimate. Mm-hmm. I think we will sweep the Bengals. Um, you know, the, the Dolphins and the Bears games, maybe they could go either way. Same with the, the Vikings. Um, you know, I, it's, it's going to be an interesting year, man. I, it's, especially with all of the, the primetime games. I mean, you can't say that the Ravens have, you know, people in the, the New York office against them because they have, they've got some, a heck of a primetime run to start the season. And I guarantee you, as the season ends, some of these other games are going to get flexed, whether it's the, you know, Packers, say it's the Packers game or it's the Browns game, you know, I or that, even that the week 18 you know, Steelers game. It, exactly. That, if that, that, if that, that means easily, a lot. If that means yep. something, that's going to be on Sunday night. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it and then, of course, once they get to the playoffs, I'm sure they will end up getting one of the prime spots you would think so um it, it's gonna be a fun year for sure no doubt bring on the raiders yep so 10 and 7 i got wild card berth for the ravens yeah. and i'm not sure who wins the division but i don't think 10 and 7 wins the division i wouldn't think so. 12, 12 and 4 took so. it last year 11 and 5 got a wild card spot so 10 wins may not do it and i don't think it's going to be the browns i think the steelers are still going to be annoyingly good I don't know. It's just the feeling yeah, I get. Yeah, until, until Roethlisberger retires, I can't count them out. 
Yep, exactly. So um, let's do how long we've we been recording here. Let me check. How, how long do we have to go in this? So we've been we've been recording for 40 minutes now. OK, let's get into week one. Let's dive in. It's, that's a lot shorter than I thought, to be honest. Um, any so so I guess since we do have a, a couple minutes here, any uh, favorite games or like games that you're really looking forward to? Any of the week one games, you mean? Or no, any of, anything on the Ravens schedule here? Oh, any that, like, game altogether. Stand out. They're like, oh yeah, that's gonna be awesome. The Chiefs. I mean, all the, makes... the obviously the Chiefs. I mean, I think Week One is definitely cool, just with the fact that you know it's the. I'm sure the the special effects in the Vegas Stadium and the blackout and all that stuff. It's actually mm-hmm. gonna be probably pretty cool, you know, to watch mm-hmm. on TV. So that should be cool. Um, you know, I think all the big games really. I mean, that's the the fun aspect of having the Ravens not only, you know, being a good team and 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 playing some other good teams, but a lot of those games are at home. I mean, that's that's just that aspect of it makes a lot of those games all the more exciting, whether it be the Packers games or the Chiefs or, you know, the Steelers and Browns, as we were talking before. I mean, they're just there are a lot of fantastic options, and I'm sure, to be honest with you, it's going to change as the season goes. You know, right now, I think we're all going, oh, my God, that Chiefs game is going to be amazing. But, you know, mm-hmm. as we get towards the end of the season, who knows, maybe Justin Fields bites it up, and that Chicago game is the one everybody Yeah, that's what I'm see, thinking. You know? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Right. So, yeah, I'm not sure. So, how about you? Which which game? Are, is it the Chicago game for you? Yeah, it's the Chicago game. I think that Colts game is going to be... Uh, very interesting as well. Didn't wasn't there some slight of of the Ravens and and Baltimore that the Colts made recently? Uh, oh, something. So, mm, I think I know what you're talking about. They did you know something, something about yeah, it was maybe something on Twitter or something, but it was obviously yeah. like it was disregarding any history in Baltimore. You know, and of course, people got yeah, okay. People got so as, again. As I, I forget five, what it was, but it was something yeah, like as that. As week five approaches, that will resurface, and that'll be an electric week in Baltimore. I think that's going to be uh, everybody will be really excited for that one, um, especially. You know, I think the Colts maybe maybe a decent team this year. You know, I mean, who knows how Wentz is going to look, but. Uh, I think that's going to be an electric game Monday night versus the Colts. I think that'll be really cool. Maybe yeah. maybe a little off the beaten path one, even though it's prime time. Um, let's see who else. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. All right. Well, okay. Well, we can just move on from that. But um, so let's go <laughs> back to week one. <laughs> Uh, let's go back to week one and let's let's dive deeper into this game as the Ravens travel to Las Vegas. First game is in Las Vegas, as we mentioned in the new stadium. I think it's going to be awesome. Like you said, it's going to be very, um, very high energy, like the way that the that Vegas has accepted the uh, the Golden Knights. I think that same kind of energy is going to follow to the Raiders, especially in the brand new stadium. So it should be very exciting. Um, the Raiders pose a very interesting challenge, and I guess we'll start with the Raiders' offense. Um, they have some 
pretty impressive skill players. Um, you know, yeah. in addition to Derek Carr, of course, they're at at quarterback. Uh, of course, you know, you mentioned Darren Waller already. Former Raven has developed last year, broke out as one of the top tight ends in the league, expected to have another monster season. Um, in the backfield, they have Josh Jacobs. And at the wide receiver position, they have guys like Henry Ruggs, who brings crazy speed. Brian Edwards, who is a guy we were interested in drafting to Baltimore, another wide receiver. Hunter Renfro uh, out of Clemson, and he's had uh, some pretty big games for them. And former Ravens great Willie Sneed. And I love Willie, so I had to include him in that list, even <laughs> though he may not exactly fit. But he's their number five wide receiver. So. Uh, they got they have the skill players. Um, they have invested quite a bit in their in their offensive line. Their 2018 first round pick was Colton Miller, who's their uh, starting left tackle. And then this season, uh, they seemingly reached a little bit for um, Alabama tackle Alex Leatherwood, who's who's starting on the right side. So um, pretty decent personnel, I would say there. The interior of the line might be where they're susceptible. And uh, I expect Wayne Martindale to bring the heat up the middle quite a bit with guys like Patrick Queen. Yeah, I think that that's a, that's definitely an interesting uh, observation, especially when you think that it was a Rodney Hudson that was their all pro center that they cut mm-hmm. in the off season that moved on to the Cardinals. Yep. So yeah, we've got Andre, Andre James starting at center. I would think he would definitely be someone to target. Um, you know, Richie Incognito, however, is also a pretty darn good guard, typically. Now, granted, he's, yeah, he's, he's still playing now, good football. But he's, yeah, he's, right. yeah, he's still playing good football. I mean, the Raiders have some some damn good talent on their roster. Now, can can they finally do something with it after however many years? You know, we'll see. I mean, I'm not sure if John Gruden is up to the task anymore, but, but I think this will be a big make-or-break season for him in a lot of respects, because they've got a fairly talented roster. And I mean, even when you flip over to the defensive side, you've got you mm-hmm. know, Yannick Ngakwe is on the team. They've got some depth on their outside rushers. Um, you know, I, I'm not going to say that they're world beaters or anything on defense, but, you know, they, they've got some players. So it's not, you know, I, I definitely worry more about their, their offense, for sure, with, with those guys like, Gosh, I mean, you go through their roster, and it's like all the guys that I wanted at one point or another between Josh Jacobs and Henry Ruggs. And you look back at Darren Waller and think of everything we we hoped and dreamed he could be that he's become with the Raiders. So, yeah, I mean, they, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with on offense, and, and they have enough talent on defense that, that we're going to have to certainly um, be on our games as well. Um, I'm not worried about them dominating us in any way, but we we certainly have to perform. Um, I don't know. I think a big a big matchup for this game is going to be whether Jimmy Smith plays and and whether he can match up with Absolutely. Darren Waller because I think he'd be the guy. So who would you who would you have match up against Darren Waller? I mean, he's going to be majorly major mismatch against Chuck Clark, um, just height wise, and then you know. Do you trust Brandon Stevens as a rookie? First game in the NFL. Okay, go uh, go after this all-pro tight end. <laughs> well, th- yeah, that's that's my second note is what's the deal with Jimmy Smith. And I don't believe he's practiced. Um, 
I think uh, Jeff Zrebeck had a tweet today that during the media portion, Jimmy Smith was not practicing. So not a great sign. And I think, you know, Jimmy Smith has been tasked with taking on, um, you know, teams, talented tight ends in the past, and he's held his own. But without him, you're right. I mean, there's not really an obvious second option. I mean, is it Deshaun Elliott? Is it Chuck Clark? Like you said, uh, Brandon Stevens, um, that's going to, it might be a situation in which they give him a lot of different looks. Um, you know, sometimes maybe it's going to be uh, Patrick Queen or a safety or a corner and, and, you know, just try to throw them off a little bit. But, you know, you know, Wing Martindale is going to blitz and that means man-to-man coverage. So that's going to be a really tough task for whoever's, uh, whoever's uh, in charge of that. So, um Hopefully Jimmy can go. He does have that one extra day um, because it's Monday night football, but uh, who knows if that'll be enough. But outside as well, I think it's going to be really, really tough uh, with the speed of rugs and, and Brian Edwards from, from what I'm reading, it has been really good um, in his growth since last year and, and in training camp. So, you know, he should be ready to go. And then another slot guy is, is Hunter Renfro. So, you know, he, he poses his own problems. Um, it's it's going to be a tough matchup on, on offense. I don't think that they'll be able to like very successfully run the ball. I think you know our, our interior line is probably quite a bit more talented. Um, so it's going to be can the interior offensive line hold up and give Derek Carr enough time, you know, to, to throw the ball because if so, it could be a tough night. If not, and and Carr's on the run the whole time. Uh, then then things are going to go in the Ravens' favor for sure. Yeah, if we don't get any kind of pass rush that opens up the the screen passes to Josh Jacobs and and everything that could make the Raiders' offense really, really give us a hard time, really, when it comes down to it. So we've got to get that pressure up the middle, get the car, make him make mistakes, and I think that'll 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 be the day. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And if we like flipping it onto the other side of the football, like you said, a lot of really high draft picks on the defense. Yeah. Um, so today they did cut um, last year's third round pick or maybe let me see. I'm, I'm in the wrong. Yeah. Last year's third round pick Tanner Muse out of Clemson. Uh, he was a safety in college, but they had converted him to. Uh, linebacker and I think the important thing to remember here is like they've invested so much in their secondary because they are trying to design themselves to beat the Chiefs they're not designed to beat the Ravens and they are going to end up starting safeties at linebacker against us and I think with our style of offense that plays directly into our hands oh I would think so for sure. I mean, they've got an interesting pass rush when you start to look at some of their defensive linemen in between Ngakwe, Carl Nassib, Malcolm Koontz, Solomon Thomas, Max Crosby. You know, you start to look at some of these guys. Mm-hmm. Clellan Farrell. Know, yeah. Jefferson, yeah. obviously Clellan Farrell, not to not talk about their starters. But, you know, they've got some interesting guys that, you know, jump out at me. Again, players we looked at, you know, in previous drafts. You look at guys like Trevon Morig. In there, in there. I know, mm-hmm. I know we looked at him, you know, as a guy yep. that, that, I mean, he's definitely a player that was connected to the Ravens, Ravens during the draft. So, you know, they've got a lot of interesting guys that we're somewhat familiar with. 
Obviously, they've they've signed KJ Wright as well recently, as you just mentioned. I think mm-hmm. a second ago. So they've got some interesting talent on defense. It's going to be interesting to see how they blend it all together. As you said, they're 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 built to go after the Chiefs. So you would hope that the Ravens will be able to dominate with the run. Right. I believe they have a new defensive coordinator as well. I think it's Gus Bradley. So you never know how they're going to switch things up between what they've done in the past and now. I just think that the Ravens are going to have too much on offense here. I mean, it's uh, it, 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 so the way that I see it going, the Ravens jump out early and then the defense kind of hangs on in the second half as the offense tries to milk clock. And it's like the recipe for Ravens wins over the past few years. Um, you know, it, it is it is going to be a little dicey at times, I think, with, you know, if, if the Ravens are not able to generate a pass rush, um, which I don't, I don't really anticipate that happening. I think that they'll be able to do it, especially with the blitzes, but the weapons of the Raiders are a little scary and, and they are talented guys. So, uh, it'll definitely be a good matchup. They'll have the extra juice for the first night in Vegas. So, um, you know, I, I think it's going to be really interesting. I think there's also some really young corners, for the Raiders, um, and, and particularly guys that haven't looked all that good in the past. Um, so if Hollywood is able to go, if Sammy Watkins is ready to go, that's also very winnable in addition to being able to run the ball. Um, Sammy Watkins also always seems to like start really hot and has huge games in like the first couple season or first couple games of the season. So I wouldn't be surprised if that happens again. Um, it did seem like he and he and Lamar had a connection during training camp. So um, I think this is a game that the Ravens win, despite the Raiders' scary personnel. Yeah. I just, you know, until they prove to me that they're not just the Raiders, um, I think that this is going to be a, a Ravens Agreed. win. Agreed. And, um, you know, be a, the Ravens a tough are start more to talented. Their, they like playing mm, under the lights, too. You know, yeah. it's, it's, if anything, we've got more guys that are going to be excited about or let me put it this way. We have more key guys. They're going to be more fired up and ready to rock playing in Vegas than probably some of the guys on the Raiders. And that's not to, <laughs> that's not to say that the Raiders guys aren't excited. I just mean guys like Hollywood and Lamar are probably fired up to be, you yep. know, the, the, the guys that are going to come in and, you know, blow it up in Vegas, baby. You know, you know they're talking about that. Big trust in Vegas, you know, or whatever. <laughs> you know, whatever they're saying to each other, you know, and, and I'm sure they're going to be fired up. So it's it's, uh, it's a big win for the Ravens to open the season. Yep, you got a score prediction? Oh, man. You know, it's tough because the Ravens have, like, blown it out the last few opening days. So... I feel mm-hmm. like if I if I go with that trend, I'm you know we're gonna end up getting shut out or something like that. <laughs> um, you know I'm gonna try to keep it reasonable, but at the same time I'm gonna I'm gonna call it an early season uh, shootout of sorts, 35-24 Ravens. Okay, I had uh, 27-23 Ravens. I think offensive line coming together a little bit for both teams actually you know might take a little bit to feel each other out so maybe slightly lower scoring but Ravens do get a win defense hangs on late 
Uh, let's see. Is there anything else that we want to discuss here? Well, you had your you had your crab cake. Um, yeah. You know, regarding yeah, the, the 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 team. So here's my crab cake. Our defensive rookie of the year candidate is going to be Daylon Hayes. It's not going to be Odafi Owen. All right. Okay. Let's. I mean, I'll be interested to see how many snaps he gets week one. I mean, agree. Agree. If he gets, you if know, he gets some, if he gets some pass rush snaps, then yeah, he can definitely make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. I just have a feeling he's going to be, he's going to be that different thing. And that's not to say that Odafi Owe is going to be poor or anything. I think he's going to be a very good rookie, but I just think the guy that is going to blow up and get the sacks is going to be Dalen Hayes. All right. I would love for that to happen. That'd be sick. Fifth round guy. Or what, when, when was he taken? Fourth yeah, round, I think maybe. fourth round. Was it fifth round? I think yeah. he was another one of something, our fifth rounders. Yeah, yeah, something in that. Yeah, I think fifth round. So if one of those fifth rounders pans out, I think yeah, that's I mean, one out of three on fifth rounders we, is pretty yeah, good. Yeah, if we, if we lost out on two of them, but the, 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 the third is the defensive rookie of the year, I think we're okay. <laughs> Yeah. I think we make out. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that being said, uh, there's a lot of uh, discussion about Owe during the draft about him not getting stats. And if he is a guy, like, say, just theoretically, in his whole career, he's just always the guy that creates pressures, but, like, other guys get the sack. Or, like, you know, he's the one that kind of breaks a play, but, like, he's not the one that makes the play. Yeah. He's the reason, is, but not the end result. Yeah, like is is that like a successful first round pick? Or like, yeah, I, I don't know. I, would like, think I was so. just thinking about that earlier. I mean, like, I well, would I mean, think so. If he sets the edge and is just such a monster that he's constantly taking up double teams and triple teams, but he only has three sacks a year or something like that. Right, I right. Mean, That's I what I'm saying. Like, think, if he I would think. Yeah, I mean, because. You know what? It, that sounds to me like the type of player they create a stat for. Mm, yeah. You know what I mean? Or mm-hmm. or elevate another stat that's already there, like whether it's yeah, pressure, like pressure or yep. whatever, yep. What, hits, however yeah. they calculate that stat. So I, I think that's that's the key. I mean, because and you know the Ravens would would be the first team to highlight that, or the first people rather to highlight that would be, oh, you're telling us that Oway was a terrible pick. Well, look at all these plays we're going to show you right now that were because of him, you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so while you said maybe he's not going to be that stat compiler, he's still going to be that guy that, man. I mean, cause let's face it, Terrell Suggs wasn't necessarily the stat compiler every year. I mean, yeah, he had sacks, but it wasn't like he was leading the league in sacks every year. You know what I mean? Is that a fair statement? Am I not remembering that right with with T Sizzle? I mean, I feel like he was he was effective outside of his sacks. I mean, as that as yeah, right. He he did a lot more than just right. He did a lot more than just sack the quarterback. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Yeah, I mean, he had a ton of sacks. <laughs> oh, I mean, he's our yeah. all-time yeah. sack leader. I'm not yeah. trying to say he didn't have sacks, but I guess it's not. I mean, am I am I misremembering? I mean, I just feel like 
It's not like pieces will have 15 sacks every year or something like that, you know, or even double-digit sacks every year. Didn't he? Oh have a no, lot he, of he had du- he had double-digit sacks a lot. I'm looking. Oh year. Let's okay, see, his rookie year. Then I'm an idiot. Rookie year. Never mind. He had 12, 10 and a half. I mean, there were 2005 to 2009. He had less than double-digit sacks, but then. He had double-digit sacks one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times in his career. Okay, okay. Well, then I'm not, I'm not being fair to him. But it still wasn't like 15 to 20 sacks. Like you think about like even Elvis that year for us. He had that yeah. crazy. Right? Didn't he have a lot of sacks that one year? What did What did Elvis have that year? Did, doesn't he have the single-season sack record for us now? Now I need to look yeah, at that. See. Hold on. He had 17 one year. Okay. For the Ravens. Was that yeah. for us, right? Okay. Well, he did it he twice. He had a big in his year for the, for the Broncos as well. Yeah, he, uh-huh. he did it twice in his career. He had 17. But, yeah, I mean, you know, how much do you value stats and production yeah. over breaking the game? And I think, you know, early on, I think that's going to end up being what happens to Oway a lot is that, like, he'll be very close to making the play, but, like, somebody else, like, he'll set yeah. it up for somebody else. And I agree with you. And I think that's where, and I think that's where we're going to see somebody like Dalen Hayes Bowser. get a lot more praise or Bowser yeah. or, My God, or yeah. Justin Houston or, you know, whoever mm-hmm. it would be that's on I, the other side of of Odafe Owe, you know, boom, those guys are, hey, Malik Harrison or Patrick Queen or, you know, whoever the case may be. I can't believe I keep forgetting about Justin Houston. Like, it just, just has not registered with me that he's on the team. Yeah, but, it, is, it is still a little weird, I have to, I have to say. It's, <laughs> it's kind of like, oh, yeah, that's right, Justin Houston's on the team. That's right. right. We've got an all-pro pass rusher again. Awesome. You know? Yep. Yep. Uh, okay, let's see. If there's n- nothing else to add, uh, maybe we'll we'll uh, finish here, and we'll be back next week with our patented uh, review of offense, defense, special teams, and our look forward to week two as the Kansas City Chiefs come to town. So week one, we both got Ravens wins. Um, Monday night football, it's going to be awesome. Football is back. It is so exciting. The weather is turning. We're getting football weather. It just feels right. It's a great time of the year. Heck yeah, man. Football weather's coming back. Football is coming back. Vegas, baby. Vegas, the Ravens are going to win week one. Let's go. Let's go. Sign us off. Let's go, Ravens.